So if you're not watching this on video and you're listening to this, I am wearing my San Francisco 49ers hat. I'm not going to say, Gabe, that I'm like a diehard fan. I'm definitely a fair weather fan, um, <laughs> but it was heartbreaking to uh, participate and watch that Super Bowl. I, I got I to gotta tell you, so I was, I was invited to a, a Super Bowl party, uh, two of them. So one of them, uh, when Ashley watches a Super Bowl, so Ashley and Caden are very into football, very into it. So they wanted an environment where they could like really watch the game. I don't know how this environment is for you, which I want to hear from. But for me, it's more like, ah, it's like a time to get together. I put money down on like those squares to see if I win, like based on like the score. And like, it's more of just like eating good food and celebrating with friends and watching the commercials. So I was at this one party because Ashley wanted to go like take it seriously. So she went somewhere else. Well, it just so happened that Ashley's, the place where she was at was on top of the hill and the place that I was at the bottom of the hill. So I drop her off and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to ride my bike down this hill. So I ride my bike down this hill. I, I mashed, dude. I just mashed down this hill. But what I forgot was that what goes down <laughs> needed to go back up. So sure enough, I'm sitting there. I'm eating a bunch of ribs. I'm eating all this crap. And then I got to climb this like super steep hill on my bike. And uh, that was my Super Bowl experience. But anyways, how you doing this morning? For anyone that doesn't know, like the hills by where Jason lives are, are no joke. Like I think that it 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 should go without saying that like, you're not exaggerating. If it's anything like the hill that goes up to your house. Dude, um, it's the same steepness, yeah. just like three times, like five times as long. <laughs> it was terrible. I had to get off the bike at one point. I just wasn't going anywhere. I just had to get off. I, I just walked. Oh man. I just want to know. So what is like, what is the party that Ashley went to that like allowed her to take it more seriously? I need to know the difference here. I'm very curious. So she went to, she went to a party of like, five people, six people that were like all diehard Niner fans, like season ticket holders. And so they all were like observing the game. And got I it, got it, got it. So it's, so it's like the difference of like people like schmoozing, talking, like, you know, not really paying attention to the game versus people that are like, that wasn't a holding call. Like exactly. What the hell? Exactly. Yeah, okay. And then I went got to it. another party. that had like 60 people <laughs> where they're all from like the kids school. They're just like messing around, but it is. Got it. Got like, it. I mean, Right. But dude, there so were, in, there were some in one, best. the Super Bowl is more like background. In the yeah. other one, the Super Bowl is like, we're watching the Super Bowl. Yeah. One is like an excuse of a party. The other one is like, hey, I'm really, really going to watch this. So anyway, but I'm, but I'm rocking my hat because I had to, I had to do it. I, um, well, we definitely want to talk about the Super Bowl today. Uh, I did want to tell you, so I, I, I was right before about to start recording. I just got an email. So Jason at th.fit. So if you're listening to this podcast, we get a lot of emails coming through. It's been really great. Jason at th.fit. Uh, if you're not on the newsletter, make sure to subscribe. This guy writes back to me. I, this was like, this is just like a good one to like kind of kickstart my morning. He goes, yo, Jay, I just started my jujitsu journey this past month. How can I get cauliflower ear? <laughs> that's, that's, that's this whole, it's like, be careful what you wish for, man, because what, what happens with cauliflower is like, it won't come and then it'll come like in vengeance. And then once you get it, it'll just like, when it blows up, it gets huge. So anyways, my advice to this guy would be, you know, you really don't want to get it. You, you really don't, you want to avoid it for as long as possible because you know, your spouse might not find it attractive. Like you just, you want to avoid it. Is it painful or an inconvenience as well? Or not really? It's just aesthetic. Cause I told you, dude, I think cauliflower I mean, I don't want cauliflower ear, but I'm telling you, dude, it's definitely a look. 
I think that like, dude, if I like 100%, if I see someone with cauliflower ear, I'm like, dude, don't want to mess with that guy. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think for every guy that you see with excessive cauliflower ear, like a lot, there's probably three that don't have it who have trained just as long. That's the craziest part about it is like, you don't know if you're going to get it or not. Like I was reading this one article, the guy's like, yeah, when I was a white belt, the first three months I got cauliflower ear, then, then I drained it. I, it went away. I've been training now for 10 years and I've never gotten it again. So you just never know what's going to happen. But typically like, dude, if you, if you pay attention, you're wearing headgear. If you're not super aggressive with your head in like certain things, you could try and avoid it. But sometimes you can't, man. Like if you're getting held in a triangle and you try and get out and that cartilage just breaks, it is what it is. Um, but for me, where it makes a difference is that when I know it's blown up, I intentionally won't train or I'll train with headgear guys who are pros. They don't have that luxury. So it'll just get worse and worse and worse. Um, but I don't think the goal should be to strive to get cauliflower. You know, it's funny. I used to skateboard. This is like when I was a kid, I used to skate and you would grind on stuff, right? Like, I don't know if you ever skated, but you could do a 50, 50, which is on the trucks, or you could do a board slide, which is like in between the two trucks, right? You would like, you know, all you onto something and board slide. And you knew someone was a badass when the bottom of their board or their trucks looked super beat up because they had been grinding a lot. And when I was a young kid, <laughs> you know, I remember like, I would kind of like exaggerate my, my board. Like I would do some grinding, but I'd also just like kind of take it and give it a little run on there myself with my hands. Cause I wanted to look more rugged. It's kind of the same thing. Cauliflower. Like, don't be that guy. Like don't intentionally try and get it. If it happens, it happens. I would try and avoid it. If I was you though. Man, that's funny, dude. It's funny how people associate certain things with, you know, the, either the sport or like the, the like training and skills that come with it. And, uh, you know, maybe missing the forest for the trees a little bit there, but, um, that's a funny email to start your day with. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes, it definitely was kind of jump started it, but, um, yeah, man, aside from that, <laughs> everything's rocking and rolling. We, um, I, I did, I did want to kind of start off you know, we had had, we've been talking about this on the podcast for weeks and months, uh, training for the tattle games. So the tattle games were originally scheduled for February 24th of this month. And we're like, I don't know, 10 days out. I got some news about two days ago. that has been kind of in the making. We've been struggling with some stuff, um, which I kind of talked about here a little bit, like, Oh, I've been struggling with this a little bit, but two days ago, we found out Ava will be going into a, you know, 24 seven kind of, um, residency, they call it. And the um, visiting hours for this residency because of a health condition she's going through uh, are Saturday, Sunday from 4 to 6 p.m. And that's it. So needless to say, uh, I've I've pulled out from this this first tactical games. I've informed the you know team. I've let them all know um, I had already you know, I'd paid my registration. I had bought my ticket. I had done everything right. I've been training my butt off for this. And I was really looking forward to it. But this is one of those really, you know really simple examples for me where, um, you know, if you only have a couple hours a week to see your child, uh, I can't spend that in Arizona shooting guns and doing fitness. It's just, it wouldn't feel right. So will there be a time where I get back and I compete? Absolutely. I'm, I'm super excited about the tactical games and I want to continue to train. It's just this one right now. It's, it's, um, it's just one of those examples where you got to put family first and um, I think anybody in my particular situation would understand that 
if you only had two hours a week to see your kid, uh, you wouldn't be spending that on an airplane <laughs> shooting guns. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, definitely can share more about this in the future. It's kind of tough to talk about. So, but for now, that's kind of where we're at with it. Yeah, man. You know, I, I think that it's, it's a no brainer decision and something we talk about a lot on the podcast and newsletter, um, me and you have these conversations all the time. Like the reason that we do all the stuff that we do, right. The different things we train for the, the actual workouts, like even like work, the podcast, like it's for, for them, you know, and they come first. And, you know, I, I think that not only would people understand your decision. I think that it's, it's the decision that I think everyone would expect you to make, you know, like, like no brainer, like yeah. <laughs> not only would it not feel right for you to be out there, like, you know, home comes first, man. And that's where the priority is now. So yeah, man, I appreciate you sharing. Cause I know a lot of people were excited to have you out there. So, um, you know, not kind of leaving them hanging like, Hey, where's Jason Kalipa once Arizona rolls around. Um, but you know, it is what it is this too shall pass and you'll be back at the tactical games and everyone will be good um, before you know it, man. But yeah, sending nothing yeah. but good vibes. Yeah. I mean, for sure. It's like when, when she was diagnosed with leukemia, it was an easy decision to stop competing in CrossFit. It was like, it was just like so easy. Um, this one, this one, like we had been struggling for a little while with some stuff and I was like, you know, on the fence about a few things, but then once she got um, put into this, you know, uh, residency program, it was just like a super clear cut, like, bro, I'm out. Like I, there's just no other option. So, um, but that being said, like, I think that people should get excited about the tech games. It's going to be an amazing year. Uh, Matt Chan's actually looking at, you know, competing. I know Jacob Hepner, if you guys are in the CrossFit space, you definitely know those two names. And, um, I'm still looking forward to it. It's just, it, it is a good example and you're right, Gabe. Um, and then we can kind of move on, but it is a really good example that like on this podcast, through the newsletter, through everything we do, like, we train, we get after it to show up the best we can for our family and to, to be that guy that you look back 10, 20, 30 years from now, you're like, like that guy lived by the code. And, and like, we just had Ben Alderman on the podcast last week and he lives by a code and that code is family, right. And, 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 and serving and wanting to show up the best you can for them. And all these different things we do help us show up the best we can for them, like, like training and finding outlets so we could be the best version of ourselves. But if those outlets and those training start to take you away from your core value of like the why you're doing it in the first place, then, you know, you're not practicing what you're preaching and you're not um, staying true to that course. Right. And for me, it's like training all these things I do, tactical games included, jujitsu included, they're designed to, to put me in the right state of mind to learn something new, have fun and give me the freedom so I could go and do things with my kids and show up the best I can. And, uh, you know, not competing is just, is, is just me continuing to live by that, that ethos of making sure that I'm not allowing my personal, um, journey on fitness or competition to impact what's truly important when I look back 10, 20, 30 years from now and I say, Hey, you know, uh, you know, we talked about this on the podcast, like, will, uh, will it matter in five seconds, five minutes or five years? And it's like, you know, this is one of those things where will it matter in five seconds? Well, yes. Will it matter in, in, in five minutes? Yes. Will it matter in five years? Well, I look back five years from now and be like, damn, that was, this, that was a bad decision to go, you know, 
you know, go shooting instead of, and, and being there. So, but that's, that's, I just want to make sure that I acknowledge that on the podcast because we have been talking about it and it was a really difficult, um, conversation with Nick Fair, who's the, um, uh, you know, who runs it because I kind of feel like I let him down. Right. Like I had, I had really committed to this and I've been very vocal about it, but I had to kind of realize like, it's, that's my own thing in the way, like anybody who hears what's going on, they're like, oh yeah, makes sense. We'll see you in June. We'll see you in the next competition. Like there'll be another one. There's plenty this year. Dude, I think it goes without saying, you're not letting anyone down, man. Like you're doing what we would all expect you to do as, as the great father and, and husband you are. So all good, man, but let's move on. Um, you know, I think that this kind of segues, but not really. Well, I think it kind of does. So when this comes out on Thursday, yesterday, the newsletter that went out talked a bit about this idea that we were talking about. And it's funny because you were talking about the Super Bowl. And that's like where where I noticed it. Um, and I know that this is something that's been, you know, you've learned this in many ways in, in the CrossFit games and sports. But isn't it so interesting, man, how like, you know, you're watching the game. And for anyone that didn't watch the Super Bowl, if you didn't, it went to overtime, right? So this is like, for these guys, this is like the highest stakes. This is the thing that like everyone strives for, like winning the Super Bowl. That's how legacy's made. Like, I can't think of like more chips, you know, in the pot, right? And they're in overtime. Like it stakes are like at an all-time high. And while the defense is on the field, they pan to the offensive players that are gonna have to come in during overtime and try to score or whatever. And these guys are literally sitting there, like if you remove them. Uh, like the fact that they were like at the game, you would think that they're like waiting for the bus. Like literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like yeah. They're they're just, they're so calm. Cause you think about it, right? Like if you think about moments that have been, you know, pretty high pressure, like competing in a team and, you know, obviously nowhere near the stakes of the Super Bowl, but you're like, you know, you're like legs jittering. You're like, you know, like pumping your teammates up. Like you're, you're standing up. You're like, what's going to happen. But I think that at least what what we took away from it and what we were talking about was this idea that like these guys at the top of their game need to master this art of like conserving energy and knowing that like, you know, them being super amped up while they're not the ones on the field having to do their job is part of their job. Like their job is to be able to turn it off so that they can turn it on when they have to go out there. And I think that like, there's such an interesting parallel there to life in general, because there are going to be times where it's like smooth sailing right? There are going to be times where like shit's not hitting the fan. And those are the times where not only should you be, you know, conserving energy, but also like doing the work to make sure that you're prepared for when, you know, shit does hit the fan because it always will. And I think that that's where a lot of people maybe are missing the opportunities of, you know, things are going to get rough, maybe not super rough, but, you know, even, in a game, in a sport, um, whatever. I'm sure that in the CrossFit games, one of the things that you had to do was like chill the F out <laughs> before you went out there to go like, you know, do a workout or lift because you being all amped up in the warm-up area is going to do nothing but, you know, hurt your performance once you're out there. So I thought that was interesting, man. And I thought it was impressive how calm, cool, and collected these athletes can be when the stakes are as high as they are because that's what they need to do. That's so right. they can go out there and do their thing. It's super interesting that you bring this up. Um, you know, in the newsletter in particular, we were talking about it. And I'll use myself as, as a um, example. 
So like 2009 CrossFit Games come around and I'm like, at the time I was the current champion. And so I go in there and I'm like, I thought I had to like fire myself up. So I'm like, listen to Eminem and Tupac and, and, you know, Dr. Dre and I'm just fired up. And it, it, it took a lot of, I had my adrenaline so high for so long that it basically depleted the storage. And I just like ended up blacking out. And so you can see videos of me where I just black out and I, and I have to get back up again. And the reason for that was because I had taken these energy reserves. I had taken, you know, everything that I had and I had been expelling it before the event had even started. And it's a really good example of conserving energy and not needing to get pumped up. Like you don't need to get pumped up. You're going to get pumped up enough. And it's like for the Super Bowl, for example, if these guys are on the sidelines staying ready, staying fired up. It's like, dude, they don't need to do that because as soon as they step onto that field and the crowd, you know, a hundred thousand people are cheering, like they're going to, they're going to step up to the plate. They, they know they will, but they also need to downregulate their body so that they're not just exhausting all those energy reserves. And that's something that I had to learn the hard way, man. Like I blacked out in 2009, 2010 was just a mess. And both of those years, I contribute much of that challenge to thinking that I needed to pump myself up when in reality, the more that you get your energy up and you get in that state, you just can't stay there very long. Um, like the, in 2010, the event was at like 9 PM or no, no, it wasn't that late. It was like 7 PM. And dude, I thought all day I had to like, stay, like, stay ready. It's like, dude, no, it's the complete opposite. You need to conserve, listen to like some country music, some reggae, just chill. And then you're going to perform. But I just had this false impression in my mind that like I needed to stay ready all day. And I, I don't know exactly how that correlates to real life, but in sport, for sure, for sure, for sure, you don't need to get your adrenaline up for so long because it will deplete and you won't be able to perform. And I think in real life, I don't know exactly how that, how that, how that, that transfers over, but I've definitely seen it in sport. That's for damn sure. Yeah. I mean, I think to me, when I think about it, you know, like this week is a pretty good example. So Shay's been pretty sick all week. He caught like a stomach bug and and I ended up getting it too. It was a rough day yesterday, but I think it's like knowing the fact that, you know, we're going to have like a super fussy kid. We're changing diapers literally like every 20 minutes, you know, this poor kid. Um, like the time that I choose to go to bed, for example, knowing that, you know, it's not an easy week. Like I could stay up because usually, especially at night, like once they go to bed, it's usually my time to like, you know, maybe I'll put on the TV or just kind of like, I used to spend No more social media for you, at least for the No month. more social media. Yeah. But, um, you know, like just making sure that I'm doing what I need to do when I have the decision of I can go this way or I can go that way to make sure that I can show up better because I know that, you know, things aren't ideal right now. I think that that to me is like a, a very... Um, like relevant example right now. But I think like even thinking more long-term, I think that the analogy to me is like making sure that you're taking care of your health when you are able to, so that when you don't have time, when things are kind of crazy, like you built that hedge so that you're in a much better place to deal with, you know, long nights, high stress, being super busy, like whatever are the things that happen when something happens that's outside of your control. Like that to me is, is, maybe not a perfect analogy, but that's what I think of is like, there are going to be times in life where you have to perform as a husband, as a father, as an athlete, to your example. 
And there are going to be times where you don't necessarily. And when you don't necessarily, are you doing everything in your power to prepare yourself for when you do have to perform? Because that's when you do it. That's when you do the work. If you, if you get to the point where you have to perform, you're like, man, like I should really be taking care of my health and working out and making sure that I'm in shape right now. Like that's when you don't have time to do those things. It's when you have time that you should be doing it. So I don't know that, that that's what I started thinking about, but either way, it was a, it was an interesting, um, thing that I noticed while watching the Super Bowl. And man, dude, I can't imagine the pressure of being a kicker. Can you imagine that pressure? So I think being a kicker is like the most thankless job on the planet. Like you're expected to make every kick. Well, you are, but here's the, okay. All right, here we go. I, cause I think the kicker position, it is, it's a, it's a messed up position. Here's the reason why it's brutal. You don't really (laughs) do much all game long. Like you really don't. Maybe you kick the ball a few times or whatever it is, and you do some kickoffs and whatever. And but dude, you it's it's basically a zero, like all or nothing for them. They're either praised as like the guy or they're worthless. And unlike the other players who get, I, I want to say the average football game gets like what 50 snaps or something like that. I, I could be wrong, like 50 or a hundred um plays, somewhere in that range. Um, they have 50 or a hundred or however many opportunities to like you know, to do okay. Right. These guys get a few. So, but at the same time, I don't really have much sympathy for them because these guys are getting paid, you know, especially if you're a really good one, you're getting paid millions and millions of dollars. And that is your job. Like your job is to execute this particular skill set. Um, but it's definitely, it's definitely, yeah, the, they, they must go through high levels of mantra visualization training they have to like they must go through like this this model where they warm up the exact same they get on the field the exact same they high five their uh their long snapper and the um position holder you know it, it must go through their mind because dude otherwise if they actually realize what's going on it must mess with their head that's a tough job very tough job yeah yeah, I, I don't think, I mean, I don't, I don't feel bad for them because yeah, they're professional athletes are getting paid to do a job and they have to do it. But I do think it's like, it's almost unfair because I feel like this happens all the time, right? Like a defensive player misses a tackle, like an unexcusable missed tackle leads to a touchdown. Like there's no headlines about that missed tackle and the fact that he lost the team, the game, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like a wide receiver drops a pass. Like also I feel like everyone forgets everything that happens in the game, but dude, if you're game on the line and you have to kick a field goal and you miss it, you lost the game for the team, even though maybe they shouldn't have been in that position to begin with. But anyway, dude, I just, I can't imagine the pressure of that. Like, or, or how about the, the fact that they missed an extra point at the Super Bowl? Like, uh, dude, dude brutal. come on. Brutal. I mean, that, that, that's the game. But, you know, at the same time, you know, and I think about this a lot, coaching flag football, which is not the exact same, but <laughs> like the kids get super like, like, you know, like last game, it was a rough game, dude. Caden had like two seconds left. He threw this bomb down the field and, um, you know, the, the throw was pretty good. Uh, it wasn't caught well because the, the defender like defended it really well. It was just like a, a well-defended play. It wasn't anybody's fault. And it was easy at that moment to be like, oh, either Caden or this other boy or whoever lost the game. It's like, well, dude, all the, the, the moments of that game put you in a position where like the kicker didn't win or lose the game. Like the, the team lost because they should have put him in a better position than to have it be down to three points. Right. Or in Caden's position, like it shouldn't have came down to one last play. I mean, as an example, in theory, 
But in practical application, dude, when a kicker misses a kick, you're like, bro, that's what he's getting paid for. And there's the game. Um, that, that's a that's a tough gig. But hey, then again, they're they're professional athletes. It is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. But man, I, I love the Super Bowl. Even like, I wouldn't say I had a horse in the race. I was rooting for San Francisco because most of the friends that I have, I know are, you know, 49er fans. So um, it was it was a fun game. It was a fun ending. It's so funny that you and Ashley went to different Super Bowl parties. Well, so yes, she went to the first half. She went, uh, she went to this other, well, she went to this house the whole time. Was she so I, bummed? What's that? Was she so bummed that they lost? She was pretty bummed. The the people that we were at the house with oh, were very dude. Bummed. That's got to be brutal. They're like season ticket holders. Yeah, they, they, yeah. Like oh. we went to a couple of games with them. Like yeah, it was, oh. it, was it was rough. God, um, that's heartbreaking. And Caden, he had just a shitty day because Saturday we lost a tough loss for flag football. Like tough, dude, just tough. We've had a couple of tough losses, and then um, Sunday for them to lose it was just like ah, oh, salt on the wound. But uh, I was going to tell you, so I, I got up for the um, halftime show. So my favorite halftime show I've seen lately, and um, so my favorite national anthem was definitely uh, uh, Chris Stapleton. I thought he did an incredible job. Uh, this year's, I wasn't able to really hear it as well because we had like 100 people at this party. But the halftime show, I don't know if you and I have different opinions about this. First off, Usher is an incredible entertainer. He can move his feet. I don't know if it's his pants that like make it look like he's literally floating on ice. But bro, his ability, I, I don't, they call it a glide, I think, right? Like the his ability to glide is like next level. He started to take off his, his top, right? He got down to like a, a tank top and I thought he looked pretty jacked for being 45 and like his background. I thought he looked, I thought he looked pretty ripped. Do you think he should have taken it off all the way to a uh, no shirt? Or you think he should have stayed on with just the tank top? What do you think? I mean, when he took his shirt off, I was like, that's, I, I, I immediately, and I think everyone did this. I like read an article about it. Like everyone started Googling his age and he's 45. So when I looked at it, he was 45. I was like, dude, it's not bad for 45. But yeah, may, maybe the tank top would have been the ideal move. Um, but hey, man, dude, if I looked like that at 45, I wouldn't be mad about it. No, dude, I, yeah, obviously he looked, he looked good. He looked fit. But uh, I would have, I would have probably just kept on the tank top. You know, I just, just, just keep the tank top. I would have just kept on the tank top. That, that's what I would have done. Um, <laughs> but then again, I'm also not a performing in front of a hundred million people, and uh, I don't have that. Opportunity. You also like in general have never been a big shirt off type of guy, which is very interesting coming from the CrossFit space. There was a time where like, if your shirt was on, you weren't really doing CrossFit. Uh, if your shirt was on, yeah, that's right. I, there was always like those memes that would come out. It's like. Um, and I've seen it in the gym so many times, bro. Like people will be like 30 seconds into a workout and their shirt comes off and I'll be like, already? Like, yeah, I got too hot. I got too hot. I'm like, yeah, okay, buddy. Like yeah, you didn't get like, too hot. <laughs> you didn't get too hot. Like, um, Hey, I gotta um, tell you. So if you had asked me a year ago, if you had said, Hey, Jason, um, do you see yourself getting interested in a golf membership or do you see yourself getting a PlayStation for your son? I would have said, absolutely not. No way. And the older I get so, to both of them. Yep. This is a super important lesson. I just keep learning every single year is that like, just when you think you're stuck in your ways and this is the way it is, you got to be open-minded because things might change and you might need to pivot over here. And so nowadays I never say never like, because at this point it's like, 
you never know what's going to happen and you never know what's going to feel right at that time. You make the best decision you can with the information you have. And so, yeah, long story short, I'll have to keep you apprised, but like, because Ashley likes to, you know, golf and whatnot, and she could do that with Caden, we're looking at a golf membership for them, but the PlayStation one's the big one. So I've been super anti um, video games forever, forever. Never wanted Caden to play at our house. He could play anywhere else he wanted. But like a couple of months ago, he started watching like these YouTube shorts and like YouTube about the 49ers. So he would go on in the morning before he went to school for like 20 minutes and he'd watch like YouTube, like mic'd up content from like the 49ers. And dude, it got super annoying after a while because he would just like find these YouTube clips that were just like annoying, annoying, annoying. But then on top of that, I wanted to find another way to do something with him that wasn't just like, dude, we play football, we play sports all the time. But sometimes it's rainy outside. Sometimes things are going on and his friends won't come over to our house as much because especially when the weather's crappy, they want to play video games together. They want to be able to play Madden. They want to be able to do these games together. And so I've kind of changed my tune and we ended up getting him a PlayStation because um, for his birthday, because I, I, my justification is that it's an opportunity for me to still do something with him on crappy weather days. And it's a way that him and his friends can do something together on those days but we just got to put regulation on time within it. So I just want to raise my hand and be like, Hey man, I've been the anti-PlayStation guy forever, but uh, sometimes you got to make the best decision you can in this particular time. It made sense. And, and, you know, I think it's a shame when, cause I feel like this happens with a variety of different things in like the, the parenting world in general, but like, I think like similar to nutrition, like people are so dogmatic about some things oh, and yeah. or can even be judgy about, you know, like, oh my God, you use an iPad with your kid or like, oh, he has video games. And it's like, dude, who are you to tell someone else how to parent? First of all, like it's, it's the most uh, nutrition is one thing, but I think when it comes to parenting, dude, it's like the most obnoxious thing. Like everyone's going to do what they think is best. And like, I, I would never tell someone how to parent their kids and no one is going to tell me how to parent mine. And like you said, man, like you make the best decision you can at the time. Um, and I think that whenever it comes to like phone, TV, video games, like these th things that like we know are quote unquote, not good. Um, I think it's counterproductive to be like very, like never, you can never do this. You can never see it. I think that as long as you're encouraging all the other things, like, Hey, let's spend time outside. Let's play sports. Let's do all these things. But, you know, if it happens to be a day where like, you know, the weather's really crummy and you still want to do something, like, is that the worst thing? Or is it better actually to allow them to do it during those times? So there isn't like a resentment built or like this, like need to rebel down the line, doing all these things that they couldn't do. I think that there's a very compelling case for that. And I'm sure we'll figure out all the things as, as our kids grow up about like, oh, we'll never do X. And then like two years later, it's like, well, here we are. <laughs> dude. Yeah. Caden was shocked, dude. We told him and he, he was literally, he was crying with happiness because he never thought in his life he would get a, a, a game console because we I had, literally see Caden's face. Like he was just so <laughs> excited and uh, uh, it, it was good. It's a, it's also a good thing because Ava's going to be gone for a little while. It's a nice thing for him to have uh, just like, you know, just to be able to kind of take his mind off some stuff. So yeah, timing was good. Um, but anyways, I, I, that, that's the kind of lesson learned there, right? Is like, you know, never say never, bro, because you think you, and and to your point, like, 
this idea of passing judgment, I think is, is long gone. You can't, you can't be doing that kind of stuff. So yeah. No, for sure. I mean, is there things that you'd be like, Oh, I probably wouldn't do that. Um, sure. But like, that's it. Like that's the, the extent that it should go. Um, you know, we've been, it's funny cause in the beginning with Shay, we would, he loves like Miss Rachel videos and stuff like that. And I think we actually definitely got to the point where he was watching them like a little too much. Like he, it was kind of like the one thing that he needed, um, you know, to kind of like calm down. So we've actually pared back significantly. And I think we found like a really good balance now of like when he can watch the TV and stuff because dude, honestly, like for me, when I grew up, I learned English off of Sesame street. Like to me, I think that there are also like, you know, it depends on the type of TV that you're having your kids watch. Um, because when we first immigrated here, like my parents only knew Spanish. We only spoke Spanish at home. And once I started school kindergarten, everyone was surprised that I like knew English. And I literally only knew English from watching, you know, the, the TV. So it's not, you know, is it a double-edged sword? Sure. But it's not all cons. And I think you just have to find your balance. For sure. For sure, man. I, uh, I just, I was looking around my desk for, um, the Mark Cuban book, because there was two things I want to talk to you about in it. Oh, know. it's a good book. I, I listened to the audio a, a while back. Yeah, go for it. In the meantime, though, I'll um I'll I'll give everyone an update on uh on the no social media thing. There it is. Don't worry. Right. Jason's back. I said in the meantime, a quick update on the no social media thing. So we're when we're recording this, we're 15 days, so like halfway through. You know what's interesting? So I told you my screen time is cut down by two hours, right? Which is, I think, goes to speak how much screen time I had before. But anyway, the interesting thing is the other stat you get on screen time, if you look on your phone, is how many pickups you have. So how many times you like oh, open your phone. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, though. That number has not gone down by as much. It's gone down a little bit, but not as much. Because it's been it's such a habit mm -hmm. that I literally find myself just opening my phone but now I have nothing to look at. So then I just immediately close it. But literally, it's just like a habit, right? Like you are walking to the bathroom. What do you do? You open your phone. You're like, you know, get into the car or, you know, I'm waiting for Ariel to come out. Like, what do you do? You open your phone. Except now I don't have something to look at it. But it's it's just been so telling, man, how much of a habit it's become. And I'm really glad that I'm doing this. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out some strategies, some ways that when I get back on, I'm like, not just like, get sucked into it as bad as I was before. But it was interesting to see that that number has changed. But the other thing is now that like, there are times where I'm just like, I would usually just be on my phone. Like a good example was Shay was sleeping in the car. Ariel went into the grocery store. I was like, I'll stay in the car so we don't have to wake him up. So I'm literally just in the car. She's going to be like 30 minutes. Usually what I would do is just spend that entire time on social media. But now that I don't have it, you know, I, th I feel like a lot of people say I should really text blank and you never do it, right? Like we've all done it. Like, hey, like you, you just, the thought pops into your mind. You're like, man, I should really text that, like that friend that I've had and like just haven't talked in a while and check in on him. And I've started doing that more lately, literally because I have my phone and nothing else to do. And it's been really good, man. I've like reached out to some like old members that I coached at, at TJ's in, in Marin. Um, just like, Hey man, how's it going? Hope you're doing well. And I've had some like really good conversations. So I just wanted to put the, uh, that out there too, that I think it's, it's never a bad idea, especially if you're thinking about it. If it's someone that you're like, Hey, I should really reach out to blank. Just fucking do it. I yeah. promise you like nothing, but like 
nothing but positive will come out of it. So that's been a nice kind of little thing, but that's how 15 days into no social media apps on my phone is going very positive, but also very telling of how I don't like using the word addicted because it feels really negative if I say that, but I think that's honestly what it is, but it's so interesting how like captured we are to these devices. Um, so anyway, dude, no, that's a great, I I like the fact, I thought you were going to say like, Oh, I listen to a podcast where I, where I read, but I like what you had to say, um, about like reaching out to people and having conversation. I think, I think that's what we're trying to do at the men's club. That's what we try and do on a regular basis, like create this like in-person connection that I think people are missing. And even if you're just texting, it's the exact same thing, you know, like, I mean, it's not the exact same thing, but it's close enough. We sure have a back and forth. Um, dude, so I read this book a while ago and I'm sure everybody listening to this, I'm, I'm positive has seen shark tank. I mean, dude, if you haven't seen shark tank, especially (laughs) with your kids, it's such a great show for the kids to watch because they do such a good job with that show, man. It's, it's so good. It's so fun. So good. And because they're really encouraging entrepreneurship, but like this, how to win. So Mark Cuban's book, how to win at the sport of business. If I could do it, you could do it. I bought this book many years ago. It's been around for a long time. I actually ended up reading it the first time I emailed him because at the end of his thing, he says like, email me and um, I'll get back to you. And I'll never forget. I emailed him and he actually got back to me. I can't remember what I told him, but uh, he actually got back to me, or at least it made me feel like he got back to me. Maybe not anymore, but anyways. Um, But I thought that there was a few things at the end of the book, he goes into 12 Cuban mantras for success. And two of them that I thought were pretty interesting. Um, one of them was, um, you only have to be right once, meaning like you hear these people, like, I don't know, Mark Cuban or whoever. And if you read his book, he talks about it. He did so many different businesses. Like, and I've talked about this on the Jocko podcast, went on between batter blaster and faded lifestyles and so many different things. <laughs> But people don't remember those, right? They only remember like the one thing that maybe hit. And we've had, you know, a lot of success with NC Fit and we're super stoked on the growth of Train Hard and what we're building there. And maybe 10 years from now, people will just remember Train Hard, but they won't know about all the gyms that we opened and closed and this and that. And so his, his advice, his mantra, you only have to be right once, I think is a really good way of looking at things because even if you fail, um, people won't remember that. You just, they'll, they'll only know the, about your, the, the positives in the future. For sure. And you learn from every failure and every failure gets you closer to the thing that will be right. It's, it goes back to kind of the war of attrition thing we've been talking about. Cause a lot of people will, you know, fail once most people once probably, but especially like once you get to like three, four times, five times, and they're like, oh man, like this thing isn't for me. Meanwhile, it's like that, that picture that they show of like the, the guy, like that guy who's like mining for gold and gives up, but he was so close to the actual gold. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of people go through that, unfortunately, by the way, complete side story, but I didn't want to cut you off. The other day, Ariel was making pancakes in the kitchen. She looks at me and she's like, man, I could really use that Jason Kalipa thing for the pancakes. Dude, I'm telling you, bro. slapping so hard. <laughs> she didn't remember the name, but she literally looked at me and she was like, you know what would be really useful right now? Is that thing Jason invested in for pancakes. So before <laughs> I, I go into my next thing from Mark Cuban's book, dude, yesterday, Matter uh, Ashley made some eggs and 
she she made it in this pot and then she put the pot in the sink and there was like this little extra bit of eggs in there i'm like oh i'm just like walking by the counter don't think anything of it i reach in i grab the egg i put it in my mouth and it is terrible like absolutely terrible and i start like basically coughing this food up and she's over in the corner she's like what's the matter i was like dude I was like, I just had this egg and it tastes terrible. She's like, yeah, that's because there was a bunch of stuff on the bottom of the pan. I sprayed the whole thing with dish soap and, <laughs> and dude, it was just horrendous. Like it, you, cause you're expecting like this awesome egg and you get this nasty, just like bitter taste. I ended up like driving, whatever. I was so dramatic, but it was Ashley was laughing her ass off, but it's a really good sign. If a pot is in the sink, don't just reach in and grab it is the lesson learned here. Uh, <laughs> Important lessons from Jason Kleep. <laughs> all right. Number two on 12 Cuban mantras for success. This one I actually thought was pretty interesting. I thought it's good to talk about here. No balls, no babies. No balls, no babies. This is something a blackjack dealer once told me when I asked if I should hit or, st or stick. It is also my favorite line and probably the thing I tell myself the most. Once you're prepared and you think you have every angle of preparation covered, you have to go for it. No balls, no babies. So, uh, you know, you could take that for what you want to take that from, but basically, you know, look, if you don't have the guts, like you're never going to, you're never going to see the, the, the fruition of, of your different things. So I thought that was another one that I thought was pretty interesting. So something take the chance, take the leap, about. take the chance, yeah. take the hey. risk, take the leap. Yeah, no balls, I've, no I've heard it a, a bunch of different Have you heard ways, that but, before? No, but I mean, I've you know, I've that. definitely heard like, I mean, everyone's heard like you have to take a chance. I like it word, worded, no balls, no babies though. So shout out to Mark Cuban. If you're listening, I doubt you're listening. <laughs> I don't know if he's listening, but um, yeah, man, uh, Shark Tank is an, is an awesome show. And um, that book is good. His story is insane. Um I think the the thing I appreciate most about his story is like just the 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 resolve of like constantly finding the opportunity in every job he had um and just just making it work. Yeah man. Yeah, when you watch the show too, you could tell like those they they seem like some good um they seem like some good people. I like watching the show with the kids. So if you if you if you have kids and you're not watching Shark Tank, I'd highly recommend it, but yeah, man. Look, dude, I think on this, this, this show, I just, I, for me, I definitely want to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. I think you're right. Like how to be composed when, when, when you're in those moments, it's like, there's something we could take from that, even though you're not playing in the Super Bowl that you could impart in your life, right? Just staying, trying to stay composed, um, through that and building a hedge, obviously for fitness, we're big fans of, um, but I definitely, I definitely on this episode want to just address the, the tactical games. Um, I don't want to make people feel like I'm, um, uh, we, we, there's going to be a lot more to ex discuss, um, about some lessons I've been learning the last couple of months, but I, I, I kind of got to gr get a grasp around them first, and then I'll bring them to the audience to share. Cause I do think there's gonna be a lot of takeaways that other people might be able to instill with their children in the future, or perhaps people who don't have the same outlet that we do with the same, um, audience might be feeling a little bit alone in some of these conversations. I just want to let people know that other people are going through certain things. So um, expect more on that in the future. Um, but for now, it's it's a little bit premature. We're still kind of in, in that fight. And I want to make sure that we, I know more about it before I try and talk about it. It doesn't seem necessary at this time. Yeah. And I I mean, I think I, I, I would assume that I speak for a lot of the people listening in that like, 
we all like very much appreciate like the honesty and and transparency and the fact that like the reason you know you'll share whatever you're comfortable sharing is to help other people that you know could either take away lessons or might be dealing with something similar like it's it's always about just helping people because i feel like when you're dealing with something hard you immediately feel like you're the only one dealing with that and one of the most helpful things cuz you've told me this many times with you know leukemia and ava like having parents reach out to you that are dealing with the same thing and and how you take the time to talk to them always um you know that goes a long way so i think i i, I think i speak for most of this audience when thank you for sharing whatever it is you're comfortable sharing but also like you don't owe anyone anything in terms of like you know hey we need the details of what's going on so yeah. just want to make sure that you know that and i'm sure the people listening right now are like yes yeah i'm, I'm, I'm just a big believer that um you know we've been we've been given this opportunity to have a microphone um in a variety of different ways and i feel an obligation to do whatever I can to help people. And that's not just in their fitness. That's also going through life's challenges. Like life is tough. It, it has a lot of ups and downs. And I feel an obligation to other people that if I'm going through something and I can make an impact on one person by sharing something that's really helped me and made an impact and or giving them an opportunity to reach out to me that are also going through something similar and not making them feel like they're on an island. Like that's, that's the calling, right? That's the calling. That's the real, that's the additional why is like, you want people to feel like, dude, I mean, so th that's something we're going to discuss more in the future. I just got to figure out, um, you know, what, what that looks like, but that's the cool, plan. Man. That's the yeah, plan. No, appreciate it. Um, the, the other thing we wanted to touch on really quick, and I'm sure you can, uh, you can relate to this cause I'm sure it's happened to you, but it was like the first time it like really happened to us, but like, dude, getting sick, like you getting sick, like me getting sick when you actually have kids it's a completely different ballgame. Like, you don't no realize how, like, yeah, they're, dude, they're fully dependent on you. It was the first time. So like, I didn't realize, and this is obvious now, like, I'm going to say this and anyone listening, especially anyone listening that has kids, it's like, duh. But like, you don't realize how, like when you just feel terrible, cause it was, it was stomach flu, like how, you know, you'll just go and rest all day and just lay down and do nothing. And like, you can do that until you feel better but then you have kids and then that's just like not an option. And it was just, yeah, it was, it was a, it was one of those like funny and retrospect wake up calls of like, you don't know until you know, and it's just a completely different ball game. Like it's just, man. Um, yeah. So that's been an, an interesting learning this week, but um, luckily I think I'm out of the woods. Um, Shay's still feeling a little, eh. Hopefully he's, he gets better in a day or two, but in the grand scheme of things, tiny, tiny things, but it was just funny because it was our first time and we were like, man, you remember when you felt sick and you were just like, all right, I'm going to go into my room for like eight hours and do nothing. Those times are long gone. Yeah, man. I was on a podcast yesterday. I was telling this lady, she was asking me about like overcoming adversity. I was like, well, I got some stuff going on. And uh, we were just talking about, it. I was like, look, you know, I'm not here to judge what someone's, you know, worst is, right? Like for someone like for you getting a stomach flu and you haven't had to handle that before, like that's a really tough situation you have to overcome. And everybody, you know, has different levels of tough. And like for you, it's like, that's where it's at. And so like, that's a really difficult thing to overcome. And I think that we need to appreciate that. Like everybody's just doing the best they can with what they have going on, man. And, uh, you know, there's, 
there's no better or worse or I'm in it. Like, it's just like, dude, everybody's just fucking, everybody's trying to do the best they can with their current situation. That's it. Yeah. And everyone's dealing with something. I think that we've talked about this on the podcast too, but also just understanding that like, dude, you never know. You never know. Never know what someone's dealing with. You know, someone says something nasty, someone's whatever, like, just don't know, man. They might be dealing with some really gnarly shit. And I think the the best thing to do is if you're like always kind of just assuming that, I think the empathy that you can have just makes everything like just roll off your back, no problem, because you just, you never know, man. It also makes you very grateful because you never know what other people have going on. For sure. And then you don't talk shit to the wrong person who's on the wrong day and then get into some <laughs> like random fight. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, dude, I, uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate you. I um I hope everybody listening is doing really well. Make sure to check out the podcast show notes for the newsletter. Just hit us up. Uh, you know, make sure that you're on the newsletter. First off, the Never Zero newsletter has been just awesome to get your guys' feedback. So make sure to check that out. And then next thing, make sure to go back listen to Ben Alderman's episode. We have other new episodes coming out in the future that are going to be awesome with guests. And uh, if you could leave us a rating and a review wherever you listen to the show. It'd be greatly appreciated. On behalf of myself, Gabe Yanez from the great state of Texas, rocking his hat. And uh, we appreciate you.